The Society of Illustrators and Museum of Illustration is an international organization with artists and members from continents across the earth. In our work, we honor the beliefs that art and culture crosses borders and that curiosity and perspective, rather than fear and divisiveness, are the key to meaningful and successful cross-cultural dialogue and greater understanding between people. We stand with all those in our family who have been affected by recent events on the world stage and look forward to the day when all artists are free to live and work wherever they feel at home in our global village. Society of Illustrators New Visions podcast. With New Visions, we like to talk about a whole host of topics, including diversity, inclusion, and illustration's role in the larger cultural context. New Visions is led by me, Jonathan Bartlett, and includes Jensen Ekwal, John Lee, and Yao Xiao. All right, new episode. So this one is special because it's uh, it's our first one-on-one interview. And originally, the idea was to have Bianca's input for um, this this illustrators with day jobs episode that we're gonna we're gonna have here real soon, but honestly, once she and Jensen got talking, it became so apparent that <laughs> it really needed to stand on its own. Bianca is amazing. She she speaks with with such clarity about her experiences in life and as a professional artist. I'm telling you, this is not just another artist talking about their successes and the cool work they make which I love. It's honest, it's real, it's, it's wonderful. So, so here we are. Uh, Jensen interviewing Bianca Kinis, recorded over Skype, so please just give us a little of a break on the audio. It is what it is, but I really think you're gonna enjoy this. And, uh, and uh, here we go. Hi, I'm Bianca de Bartolo. Oh, wait, wait, sorry, I almost gave you my real name. <laughs> <sighs> okay, let's try that again. Um, hi, I'm Bianca Kinis. Um, a cartoonist, illustrating person based out of Chicago, Illinois. Um, and then what I do or what my, my feelings, I don't know. I draw my feelings. That's kind of the best way I could put it. Um, and whether my feelings are about who I am as a person, um, you know, being a black woman or, whether it's about being wanting pizza or anxiety or whatever it is, whatever is clamoring around in my brain, I try to translate that into drawings. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> so um, I'm curious about when you started um, drawing the type of autobio work that you're doing right now. When did that begin? Oh, man. Uh, it actually started in college. Um well, actually, you know, uh, to kind of give a little history, I was very lucky to work with, uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with, Jeremy Tinder. I was I worked under him um, at this non-for-profit that I actually came out of as a high schooler. Um, there's this really great um, non-for-profit place in Chicago called Marwin. Um, if anybody's in Chicago, please send your kids there. It's amazing. And, um, it's really like focused on like inner city youth, you know, getting them to 
make art and, you know, know that there's a career in it and to have confidence in it. So I went there when I was in high school. And then when I went to college, there was an opportunity to like TA there and get back. And I was like, of course. So they were like, yeah, cool. We always saw you doodling. So why don't you work Jeremy? And I was like, sure. So he taught a comics course and it was kind of the first time I was ever exposed to um, Slice of Life, Diary Comics. In fact, he brought in um, Lucy Nisley's French Milk one. It's like when it came out, so that's how long ago this was. Um, and I was like, whoa, what is this? And, you know, I, even though he's, like, teaching sixth graders, I'm, like, in the back taking notes. Like, this is, this is great. So um, that was when I was in college. And so when I was, like, when I would leave – um, helping, assisting him in his class, I would go home and draw about like, you know, how much I hated my roommates. And um, that was kind of my first foray into doing diary comics. And I didn't really have a purpose for them. I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to draw these. And then I'm going to contact Penguin and have a book deal. And that's, that's the goal. Like I was just kind of like, I just need to get out my feelings because you have a lot of feelings in college that you don't anticipate to have because you think once you hit college, it's going to be, everything's going to be perfect and it's just as bad as high school. So I needed an outlet and uh, com- diary comics was it. And I, I post them, I probably on live journal. Uh, and I mean, really like it, I mean, that was way before, way, way, way before like Instagram and like Twitter, when you got like that instant gratification of a like, you kind of just put things on the internet just for sake of putting things on the internet versus talking to yourself. Yeah, so you're like Web 1.0. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Did you ever do that? Did you ever do that to, like, I'm just thinking back to when I was in college, when I was, I would, like, draw things that happened, but I would be, like, to try to entertain my friends, where it sounds like you were really conscious of just, like, expressing, it was almost like, like you say, like a journal, a, a yeah. visual, a personal visual journal, as opposed to, like, entertaining people <laughs> i think that's like yeah. like next level of like i don't know uh awareness <laughs> of what art can be for a, for a person for you as opposed to like doing it for others you know that's pretty okay. fascinating so if yeah. your stuff is like personal and made public do you ever um go through a process of whether you think something like whether you want to reveal something in a comic or whether you'd rather keep mm. something to yourself like how do you uh how do you go about that? Or do you just feel like being frank about, about anything and everything? Oh, no. <laughs> and I think there's definitely the illusion, especially now as I've become more known as an artist, that um, people kind of feel like they got me figured out, they know what I'm all about, and they're like, oh, Bianca's this, this, and that, because she drew that, and that's what she showed us, and that's what she is, versus like understanding that there's definitely um a layer that I kind of like this is what I want to reveal this is what I don't want to reveal like people really don't know like I never talk about um like my dating or my sex life or stuff like that like I kind of keep all that personal I really don't really talk too much about friendships either like falling outs of friendships or things like that um I kind of leave I kind of leave everybody out every once in a while like my mom my brother or my cats might show up <laughs> Um, but I'm usually talking to like strangers in my comics or really just kind of me thinking out loud. Um, and I kind of like to keep everybody like, you don't need to be involved. I mean, I definitely am working towards revealing more, um, about my family, um, and some of my works that'll be out later. Um, how, 
ever. Uh, I don't know. I think because I, I kind of stick to a, it's either going to, my comics are going to be about anxiety or this, that, and the other. It kind of leaves out a lot of like personal like situations that people might get to know more about me. But I, I, I am conscious about how much I reveal because the, the internet is a dangerous place. And mm-hmm. um, you can say one thing and be really sincere and transparent about it. And they'll throw it back in your face and be like, well, you said this. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's your what's your relationship like with um, engaging online? Like, uh, like on, on Twitter, do you do you feel like it's generally like a positive thing that lets you reach out to more people or do you? Um, I, I mean, it, I've definitely seen the internet evolve and, you know, I, being a person born in the eighties, I've kind of watched, you know, the internet, what it was again, me just throwing stuff on live journal and being like, whatever. And then like it being very community based and very interactive and very like people are, are, you're getting replies like right away. I mean, like when I was posting stuff on my blog I mean I, I wouldn't hear something for like weeks and I might get like four comments now so it felt so great ever since like uh now people you know you're trying to like oh, I want to get like 600 likes on this thing and um I don't know I kind of I definitely kind of I'm understanding the the overall like I, it's hard. I, I love the internet and, <laughs> and the internet's a great thing especially me kind of being like this extroverted introvert where I kind of like there being people around but then being able to close my computer and be like yes I'm alone now so there's there's that and there's definitely it's definitely about who you surround yourself with I mean I've I've gotten better about kind of the you know I, I know people say like oh it's terrible to have an echo chamber but I think it's great um and I totally love being around like-minded people who are positive and are uplifting, and I don't really care for, like, that whole sort of, uh, like, lynch mob of the internet that's kind of, like, everything's awful, and everybody's terrible, and you made one mistake, and not everybody hates you, like, I, uh, because we're people, and I don't necessarily feel like that's a fair way of thinking, because when that can't, when that light is flashed on you, it's just like, I, I, I messed up, and I didn't mean to say this thing, but... It, yeah, it can be scary. So I, I'm learning, I'm more or less kind of like, let me watch from afar. And I might say one thing and then be like, yeah, never mind, and just delete it. <laughs> yeah, because I, I know like some artists go through this cycle of like they make something that really resonates and then they feel like they want to make more because, you know, it's that, you know, that sweet, sweet, relatable content. But, oh, you know. no. Like, I, 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 I'm watching that, and that's another thing I've kind of been observing, especially now on um, Instagram, now that they have this uh, carousel um, feature where you can post multiple pictures into one post. So it's been really great for it's sharing great. comments. Yeah. But at the same time, um, I feel, and, I've, and I, I can only speak for myself, but I feel like I've noticed a little bit of people striving to make relatable content than making honest content. And so it's feeling a little flat and it's feeling more like I'm only trying to water down a narrative just so everybody can relate to it versus saying something more powerful that may only mean something to a few, a few people versus like, I want 10,000 people to like this. Like, why not just highlight 500, you know, like that's, and that's kind of, I mean, that's the fault of the internet. 
Yeah, something that we're all working through right now. We're all still kind of babies about it, weirdly. Well, it's, it's a weird thing that, to think that uh, often when we talk about social media and the internets, it's supposed, it's kind of, the con the idea is that it allows you to be yourself, you can express yourself, but now you're kind of talking about this, you know, I don't think it gets hung up specifically, exclusively on that feature of Instagram, but you're saying it's almost going, it's almost like cycling back to where people are just... Yeah, like doing things. Yeah, doing things for the wrong reason. It's not just like oh, I'm gonna express myself. It's like, well, how can I express myself for the most likes? Right. I mean, there was this one thing that I heard um, on the on the Nerdist a couple of oh, a couple months ago. Um, I, I can't pronounce his name for the life of me, but um, he's the South African actor. I think his name's Charlton Comley. Kami. Yeah, the one in something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he said this one thing that really resonated with me and I, I think about it all the time and he's just like, is, is this an ego piece or is this something that I really need to, to do? And he, like, he says he makes that decision when he decides what roles he picks as an actor. Like, is he picking this role because it's going to make his ego feel good? Is he picking this role because he feels like this is, this is going to have an impact, like a true, um, meaningful impact and he tries to do the impact one but every once in a while you're gonna do something for your ego you you we're, we're human we we like that pat on the back i i make stuff because i like a pat on the back um but um i try really hard not to just do work just for my ego and again just for likes because um you, you can tell and it starts to fall flat and it starts and you start chasing that 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 carrot of oh, I, you know, I want people to like me. And then when people have moved on to the next thing, when your relatable content is no longer relatable and somebody else has become more relatable than you, then you're trying to copy their work to bring you, bring people back to you. And it just becomes this awful chase versus just like, just make things that you like and people will come back to you. And that can, I mean, that can be true to any medium. Like even like the best, most, innovative fashion designers are the ones who create stuff that you're like, that's kind of ugly. But then after a while you're like, wait a minute, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Because they're designing for themselves. They're not designing just for fast fashion. So something I've, I've heard a lot of cartoonists say is they, they worry about starting a project and then like, you know, time moving beyond them to different trends, different ideas being out in the world because making a comic takes like so damn long. So mm -hmm. do you, uh, but because most of your comics are short, do you, do you ever feel about like worrying about, um, engaging in a big long project and not knowing where it's going to end up? Not entirely. Maybe if I worked in fiction, I might, um, be a little bit more worried, but because most of my work is about myself, um, oh, yeah. I, I am still me. So, and I, and I feel like, you know, things, you know, uh, narratives such as like anxiety and racism and stuff like that those are still things that are very true today and whether or not um anxiety relatable content becomes cool or not or is no longer relevant it's it's still going to be relevant because anxiety and depression is something that are still going to be things that are going to affect people and as long as i can reach those people that's what i care about i don't really i'm not really trying to talk to um Everyone else, I'm trying to speak to a specific group of people that I hope can feel relieved through my work. I, I, and I think that's what I'm trying. That's my goal overall is to offer a sense of relief and to offer a sense 
of you're not alone through my work versus just like, ha I, I, I also sleep with three pillows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, do you feel like you've gotten um, reception? Like, has that been confirmed for you? Do you get people who will get in touch and say that their comic, uh, that, that your comics affected them in a way? Oh, yeah. In fact, when I was at C2E2, um, which is the one of the Comic-Cons in Chicago, um, <clears throat> there was this one girl that was actually working the show, and I, I wasn't um, exhibiting. I was just kind of there to support all my friends. Um, but there was this one girl who recognized me just walking down the hallway, and she stopped me, and she was just like, she's like, I know you, I know you, and she, um, you know, couldn't figure it out, and we, and we helped her there. But when she realized who I was, she was like, you know, your comics helped me through this really, you know, bad, depressive episode that I was going through, and I kept reading your work, and it just helped me get out of it, and, you know, inspired me to even, you know, illustrate my, you know, my depression, illustrate some of my anxiety, panic attacks, and it's, you know, it's been a really great method or a great tool for me to overcome these issues, and, you know, just that one, that one girl was, like, enough for me to be like, I want to keep doing this, or it, it happened again. Oh, it happened again. Um, when I was just, I was at a, a street fair in Chicago and it wasn't comics related at all. And I was just drinking a beer and this other girl came up to me and she was like, I've had three beers now. So now I have the confidence to say hello and that your work really means something to me. And like, it, that's what matters to me. Like not the, the comments, not the likes, but just that one person that both of these women have been black women and just both, just knowing that they can see themselves in my work that's all I care about. I think part of that cycle is amazing because we all had artists who, uh, you know, did that for us. Or, you know, like, who, right. who would you say were, were some of your main yeah. inspirations and catalysts to start doing the work that you do? Or what events, even? Um, let me see. Uh, well, comics-wise, I would definitely say um, Jeffrey Brown was somebody who... Uh, was really impactful for me. Um, I, I picked up his comic, um, My Funny Misshapen Body, I think during a time where I was in and out of the hospital a lot and um, just reading like these diary comics about just spending so much time in the hospital. And for anybody who like suffers with chronic illness, it's just, it takes up so much of your life. Like it took me um, six years to finish college simply because I had to like keep taking semesters off just to be in the hospital and to have, to have that work. I was like, wow, this just really like helped me get through what I was going through. And this is written by like uh, a cis white male, you know? And I like, was like, wow, this is great. And there's that. And it definitely like influenced by, um, let's see, like I really loved, Eight ball and I really I'm into I don't know why I can't remember the name of the comic. It's like one of my favorite comics. Adrian Tomanin Tomini Tom I don't I don't know how to I've never heard it said before. I don't think anyone's ever pronounced that name correctly in the history of life. So bad too. Like someone who has a hard name to pronounce. Like I always I'm like always like very like gotta get this right. And I the one day I'll meet him. It, I'll just I'll <laughs> so badly, um, but his comics that series that series that he still does I don't know why I can't remember what it's called. Um, it's escaping me too. I know exactly what you're talking about. Gosh. Well, anyway, um, look it up. But his stuff is great, yes. and um, and especially with his works featuring a lot of 
um, Asian people like to kind of see people of color um, have like these narratives about anything and nothing and, and almost never had to do about their race was really read. I was like, hey, I, you can't just be a regular person. Um, and so that was really important to me. Uh, and funny story about that, I actually found his first issue of one of his comics, like first edition from like 1990 something. And it was signed and it had a doodle of my founder at a garage sale. Oh my God. And I was like, the greatest <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, those, those guys definitely like a lot of like white dudes, um, like the classics, you know, Daniel Klaus and all those guys, like those guys were like, Whoa, this is amazing. And then, um, also to kind of shout out to some of these Chicago girls again, like Lucy Nisley and um, Cor- Muka. I, I don't think it's Mucha. I actually think it's pronounced Muka or something like that. Um, her work is really great. Um, Sarah Beacon. Like I really, I feel very fortunate to live in this city where there's definitely like a boom of um, indie comics. Like you know, Chris Ware is here almost every other day, and. Yeah. Um, Ivan Bernetti's here a lot too, so it's just, it's, it's cool stuff. And then you had Cake Festival just recently. Yeah. So did you? So you went to school for art? I did. Um, I went to school for safe art, though. I went to school for graphic design because I wanted to, be able to get a job. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. when I graduated, I wanted I wanted to be able to at least still do something artistic and not feel like I hated my my nine to five, but I wanted to still have something that I knew when I graduated college. I would have a job and graphic design is definitely something that is still very needed. I mean, it's kind of gone into a, a, a scary gig economy. Um, but I feel really grateful with the work that I do. So again, um, yeah, I, I, I went to, I went to the university of Illinois, Chicago for graphic design. It was a really great school. I got all German teachers. So they, they beat us good. Um, and I, I mean, in a nice way, I didn't mean the German people beat us. My gosh, I just realized what I said. Please. So um, you went from, and then you went from school to be like straight into being a designer, and and because I think I read that you're a designer now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still I still do graphic design. Um, I will not say where because that is my my privacy, but um, I still do that work. I do mostly um, presentation work and stuff like that, um, but uh, yeah, I, I did it straight straight out of school. Um, I. Again, when I moved to New York, I took some time off to explore other things. And um, for people who've been following me for uh, for the long game, I, I started off as a as a blogger, as like a fashion blogger, and I did that for a while. And I thought maybe I wanted to move to New York and do fashion, but then I, again, that whole New York experience was like, nope, don't want to do that. Nope, don't want to be here. Nope, let's go. So, <laughs> um, but actually, uh, the funny thing is about moving to New York is. Because I was so isolated there. Because you guys are in New York, right? Yes. So it's very, at least for me, it's a very large and condensed. There's a lot of people, but then it can be very isolating at the same time. And so since I spent so much time alone, I was like, what am I going to do? So I was like, I guess I'll draw. And again, it definitely, for me, drawing has come out of a place of like, I need this outlet. And that's kind of, that, the moment I moved to New York was really when I started being more intentional with my work and started putting things online and that's when I like kind of opened the door with Hello Giggles and then so many years later here I am now. Gotcha. So what does your typical like week look like in terms of how you arrange your drawing hours and manage your time? 
Um, my week looks like, well, so I work remotely, um, which I'm very grateful for. Um, and so between then and there, I kind of balance my time doing my job, um, working on presentations, assisting anybody that needs help, um, with my nine to five. And then after that, I kind of take a little break, um, meditate, very into yoga and meditation, all that great stuff. Cause stress is real. And, um, and then from there, I kind of just, I kind of draw, I like to work with the sun. Um, I've tried to be, I've been trying to get better about getting up earlier and kind of using as much sunlight as possible. Cause once, once it gets dark, I'm like, I'm done. Um, put on Netflix. Let's, let's stop. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my typical day is this kind of a balancing between, um, my nine to five and my illustrations. Um, in fact, right now I'm very, I'm a Virgo type A person. So I've been, um, I do a lot of lists. I make lists like every day and then I'll make a list for that list and then like another sub list. I have like three lists a day of like, you know, I even like put things like take a nap and eat and take the trash out just to kind of have like that. I did something even though it was like you were going to eat, but it feels good to check that off. Cross it off. Feel nice. But, um, I mean, that's kind of it. I mean, I, I have like three planners. Um, I still like to use physical planners. That feels good to kind of write things out and get things out of my head. Um, because I'm juggling so many things and I have so many clients I'm working for. Um, I like to have everything written down so I can kind of address it. Cause I mean, at any moment we could lose internet service or something like that. I like to be able to, be able to check it off of a book. It's something that's much more satisfying too. Like, you, <laughs> well, like once you take it from your head to the, to the pen, you know, mm-hmm. um, so have you ever been in an experience where you had to turn down a job either because, um, the job wasn't just like a good fit or because of uh or because of the time frame because you have sort of two different full-time ventures going on oh yeah no, I say no all the time um I'm a, I'm a firm believer in a no um and I think that comes with age um I know that I I come out very young on the internet I also look very young because I have melanin but um, as I've gotten older, I've learned again, just that, are you doing this for your ego or is it something that you need to do? And, um, I've made the mistake of taking an ego piece and tried to fit it in there and burnt out completely. And like, for me, burning out can end very horribly. Like I, I'm a person who has seizures. So if I take on too much, I can end up in the hospital and it's like, dude, is this worth it? Cause when I get that hospital bill later, I'm like, man, that was dumb. I mean, I got paid so much and they end up just going right to the hospital. Um, but, uh, I, yeah. And I, a lot of reasons why I'll say no to things now is, um, either I don't really feel like it fits, um, my overall message or brand of things that I kind of want to come out of me. Um, and more or less recently, I've been turning down a lot of things, um, and being like the token black person in the room. Um, and that's become, that's become very frustrating. That's been something I've been very vocal about and, um, I'm not going to draw your comic about um, sad, like being black and racism and all those things. Like th- these are things that I care to talk about, and I wrote the comics that I wrote about because it was important for me to say it when I said it. But I'm not. This is not my mission to be like, oh, we have a black girl here, Bianca, talk about black things. Like I want to talk about human things and. In that, I will talk about being black, but I'll also talk about cats, and I'll also talk about donuts, and I'll also talk about Keanu Reeves. Like, these are different things I'm going to talk about versus just putting me in this box of being, like, be our token angry black woman. What are some of the flags that, like, make you feel 
like it's something that's tokenizing or uncomfortable as opposed to something that you genuinely be interested in? Um, oh, it definitely like how others, uh, I can usually tell the difference when how someone has researched me. <laughs> and so um, when somebody will come out to me and be like, hey, Bianca, I really like your work and I really like, okay, for instance, like if they bring up the police brutality comic that I did, um, but they'll also talk about like, hey, I really enjoyed that, but I also really love this, the, the unrequited love story. And I also really enjoyed just your comics about contour and how you look like a pizza when you're done. Like I really like all the message that you have to say. Um, this, we think this would be a great opportunity and you'd be best spoken for this. So this is why we're reaching out to you to do this. And this is something that you feel comfortable doing versus like, you can you can kind of tell when you get like that email that your name's been like replaced by another person's name and it's just like this mad libs of like hear this this and this and can't will you be our black and I'm like no but there's somebody else who'll take that job I mean the that the other time I I I have friends who their purpose is to be that person their purpose is to just educate and be political in their work. And I'm more than welcome to have a, a roster of other people that you can work with. But um, I think there's this point and there's this really great um, article on BuzzFeed written by uh, Hannah um, that talked about black exhaustion and please stop asking black writers and artists and other people to write and make work after every time somebody is murdered by the police. Yeah. Um, because we also need time to kind of reflect and mourn from it versus being like, Oh wait, here's a story for you to talk about. But then when we want to talk about, I don't know, wonder woman or something else, they're like, Oh no, that's, that's not for you. But if somebody dies, then we'll call you. It's just like, uh, let us, let us be people. It's, yeah, it's, it's very transparently exploitative, you know, when somebody right. doesn't feel like they can, like, and doesn't understand why they can hire you for something, like, neutral. Like, do, do, you, <laughs> do you ever feel like you've been passed over for opportunities for any of those reasons? Um, oh, hoo -hoo, yeah. There, there was a time um, that I definitely, uh, there was a moment where I, there was a story that I wanted to write. Um, I won't go too, in too far detail of it, but... Um, it was very frustrating because I felt like, you know, these people were only wanted to use me to, to talk about um, being like a hurt, struggling, angry black woman. But when I want to talk about other issues, they're just not interested. So but um, I've had the experience and I've been exploited. But have having going through that, it kind of helped me understand, like, OK, you know what? Um I can say no and I can move on and I can work. And there's other people who are willing to work with me who want to um, allow me to shine in any subject versus just kind of sticking me into a box. I think that that's, yeah, I think that that's so important for people to hear, you know, just like to think about it every time that they approach something, you know, really like try and have some self-awareness, you know? True. And I, and I know this, it's not always an option. I mean, when I was, Starting out, you know, I, sometimes you got to take every job that you can take because you got to pay bills and you got, you know, you got to put food on the table. And sometimes you just got to suck it up and be like, I don't want to do this, but um, this is how I, this is how I survive. And so, I mean, we've all taken survival jobs that were like, we'll put that in the portfolio. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful and fortunate to kind of reach this place in my career where I can say no, because saying no is definitely a privilege. 
Yeah, and then when when you start to reach the point, like it feels so good, and it makes like all the times that you did say no, like really makes it feel like it was the right, like it was the right choice, you know? Yeah. So, um, looking forward to to the future, I know you want to plan something for the um, for the autobio comics. Like you you were saying that you you work in sort of these two spheres in terms of like the personal work and the work that's about like that's like issues based although it's still personal mm-hmm. would those mm-hmm. end up being two separate projects or do you think they would end up becoming one um i think it, it kind of all mixed together um especially like you know for example um the story that i did about the first time that you know i was called the n-word like that necessarily that wasn't really triggered by any current event um because racism is a current thing that exists in the world. And so I, you know, I felt like more than anything else, we're probably more willing to listen to the story than maybe 15, 10 years ago. But, um, you know, it will kind of, kind of mix those things in together and kind of all be under the same theme of moments in my life that affect me in, made me the person that I am today. And I mean, that moment between me and my friend in kindergarten, I mean, that definitely affected the person I am today. And even, you know, I mentioned when I tweeted it out that like it affected my ability to trust strangers for so many years afterwards. And so and I would kind of want to dive a little deeper um, than I've been able to um, with like some of the work that I've done in the nib nylon, where I'm kind of like stuck between like these seven pages um, I definitely want to, you know, talk a little deeper and, and talk about the catalyst of these events and how, um, what's, what's the later effect of that. Do you think that means a book in the future or trying to figure out a, a book, like a larger book deal situation? Oh yeah. I mean, I, there, I mean, I've been talking to some people and, um, I definitely have exactly what I want to do. Um, but you just have to wait and see it when it comes out. Of course. Mm-hmm. That's the way. That's the the book way. No spoilers. Come on. No, I'm just kidding. No spoilers, but it definitely it's definitely gonna still have like my vibe to it. It's gonna again, like I said, it's just gonna just be a a, a series of events strung together. Um, a lot, definitely the theme of um, I can give you so much that it's gonna definitely have the theme of being a failure, um, but done with humor. And, um, and, and, you know, just kind of how we're all, we're all just people with just a string of failures and we're pretending like everything's okay and we're not. Just <laughs> um, who are some of your favorite people to look at now? Cause, um, you know, everybody wants to stay current, but also true to themselves and, you know, hit that perfect balance of on trend, but not trendy who do you uh who do you like looking at these days whose work uh let me see um well let's see i definitely there's there is my core girls that i adore so um you have a wendy shoe she's really amazing she's um working on some amazing really great witchy coming of life stories um that are really cool um there's uh, Shivana. She has really great work too, and, and she did this one piece with uh, Sage Coffee. Um, and there's like a bunch of other artists called Sweaty Palms, and it's a book about anxiety. Um, I recommend anybody listening to this stop what you're doing, go to Sweaty Palms, buy a book. That'd be amazing. Um, that book I read it on a flight, 
And every story I was like, oh man, I know what that feels like. Oh man, I know what that feels like. And so it was just so great. They even talk about church. I don't know if any of you guys grew up going to church or whatever, but even like the anxiety of going to church, I was like, I remember this feeling. Um, and let's see, who else do we have there? Oh, there's uh, my friend, uh, Christina Steen Stewart. She works for Lion Forge. She has a great book coming out soon. Um, oh, and then there's who I call my baby sister, um, Shannon Wright. She does really great work. Um, she's another fellow black female artist and she has a series coming out about, um, natural hair. And so that's going to be really great. And then there's also Joe Met who has a book who has, I think the book already came out. So she's pushing that right now. So there's these, like, these are like my girls that I like adore and i'm like everybody should follow them on twitter or on instagram or their facebook pages that you can like or whatever um all of that is really great and then inspired by women and, and black women all of the time like even all the cute little black girls that came to my booth at cake with their like dyed green hair and their braids and their cute little outfits and their glasses i was just like, this is so great. And it's just like for them to come to my booth and be like, yay, somebody looks like me here. And I'm like somebody who looks like me buying my things. Like that was just, just a moment. And um, it just means so much. And just representation means so much. And, and like, I can't stress it enough. Like representation matters incredibly. And um, to be out here and people feel represented by me, like, all right, well, that's boogie. That's great. You know, I thought it was really cool. I, I, you know, now I don't remember the name of the actor that you named, uh, but that kind of that, that idea of like, do you, are you doing this for your ego? Are you doing this because you need to? Um, but then you even touched on it yourself, feeling like, you know, you can't, if you're not in the financial position to be able to turn down things, how do you manage that? Because that's like, you know, that's a huge part. Obviously, we all need to live. Right. Um, it's a big conversation in and of itself. Which is like a whole, yeah, I could have, I was like, well, what, I wanted to be like, what are financials? And it's like, that would have taken it down a, a rabbit hole, I feel like. But like, yeah, I don't do like, you worked, it sounds like, I'm guessing we're all, well, I'm like, we're the same age-ish, because I grew up in the 80s too. Uh -huh. So, I, you know, you've been doing it, for, <laughs> <laughs> if you're talking about live journal, you've been doing it for at least, I don't I mean, oh long enough as long as I have and so it takes time and you know you say you finally are at a point where you feel like you can you do have the ability to say no does also is there any aspect of that having that reliable nine to five income that feeds that or you know you're like is this for me is this for my ego is this good for my bottom line do I need to pay my rent do I not you know the, I don't know it seems like almost like a three-prong thing Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's definitely a, a, a daily hydra. Um, I mean, I, for me, I definitely tried to play the long game of it. Like, even when I got my degree as a graphic design, I was like, okay, I know if I do this, graphic design simply had job to work remotely. So that was one of the reasons why I took the degree, because I was like, okay, I can do this remotely. Um, I, and then I won't be exhausted or burnt out by the time my day job's over that I can switch over into doing, um, my illustration work. And so there was definitely like a lot of planning. I mean, there, I mean, there was a time, um, I definitely 
had got lucky with some of these gigs that I've gotten as a graphic designer, but there was a time where, oh my goodness, I had to be working maybe four jobs. I mean, it, 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 yeah. there, I think every artist has to have that ugly moment of like, why the hell am I even doing this? Because I was like working, I was doing freelance gig work. I was working, I was doing, um, I was working at Madewell um, on the floor. I was working, I was then working um, at out remotely doing um, customer service. And then I was taking, doing hollow giggles all at the same time. And um, uh, it was, it was stressful. And even, even now I'm still kind of working several jobs. If you, if you count Etsy as another job, because you still, I got to mail those packages. Um, <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. That takes a while. That is, that, that's a whole other thing, but I don't want to, I don't want to digress here. No, 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 no. It's just, it's, I mean, it's all a bouncing act. I think you just kind of get to a point where you either learn to budget your money um, and kind of, you know, realize, okay, because, I mean, you definitely get to this place where, like, I bought all the things that I need as an artist. Like, I have a computer now. I have a tablet. Like, I have these things. I don't have to save up for them anymore. So that's no longer, like, this giant purchase that's going to take all of my money away from me. Yeah. Um, but you just, I mean, it's 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 a struggle. And I'm not going to lie and say that it isn't. Um, but it took me, at least for me, to get to a place where I feel sort of comfortable um or at least like i don't have to i can eat protein um, <laughs> um it took me about uh five years so i mean it did it's not something that kind of happened overnight and I, and for a lot of people who are watching you it seems like it happened overnight but um there was a lot of tears and like a lot of like figuring stuff out a lot of like begging peter to pay paul sort of situations where you're just like um I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I mean, I, now I'm to a place where I'm like paying off credit cards that I maxed out. Um, yeah, and I yeah. don't recommend that to people, but yeah, it happens. Yeah. And just, and just, I don't know. I think for one thing, it's just like, don't be so hard on yourself. Um, because I know that there's this illusion, especially, and I was listening to, um, uh, Kevin, uh, but podcast the other day about, um, sort of looking at student artists and how they're able to crank out so much work. And it just feels like, well, how do you have time to do all this? It's just like, cause that's what they do all day yeah. versus yeah. like, I got to work and I got bills and I got to clean the house and I got to clean the litter box. And it's just like, I don't have that sort of comfort of being in school and being only, only able to make work and just, just don't be so, don't be so hard on yourself. You're your, you're your only person. You're your only, you can either be your worst enemy or you could be your cheerleader. And I think I got into a place where I was like, you know what? Um, I may not have what other people have in my age. Cause I think about when, um, Lucy Nisley was my age, she's already had like four books out. I, ha I don't even have one. I have some zines, <laughs> Yeah. but, um, but everybody's going to get to where they're supposed to get to when they get there. It's, it's not a race. It's a journey. And so just, you gotta figure it out as you go along, and you're gonna you're gonna fuck up, and you're gonna make mistakes, and you're gonna spend the money that you weren't supposed to spend on some ice cream. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there is a level of time that go comes, or that that it takes, and I don't want to say maturity. I don't know if that's the right word, but definitely time to like understanding the difference between like taking care of yourself and still working hard versus just 
the grunt, like the hustle. Like you can be a you can be a hustler, but you can still take care of yourself. And I think there is that thing that where you gotta some a lot of times it feels like you like you have to learn that you can't just it's a skill. Like yeah, it's like anything. That's a great. It's just a skill. And so it is a skill. And I and I look at a lot of my my younger friends um, who are artists, and I look at these all nighters that they pull for weeks, and I'm like this. That's not, you can't do that when you get yeah. your 30s, man. Um, so yeah. it's just, um, it, it's something that you learn. You learn to be a little bit more prudent for yourself. It's just like, you, you get to a place where you're like, why am I beating myself up so much? Like, why am I doing this? And you're yeah. like, I don't have to. I don't have to be a bully to myself. I can go to bed at a reasonable hour. Yeah. Bed. And it's just <laughs> like, and, I, and that's definitely another thing about being more vocal with your clients. And I think... There's definitely this need of, you know, you're worried about paying bills. You're worried about if I don't come to all the demands, that they're going to go to somebody that's cheaper and faster than me. And, um, and so you have all these fears that are playing playing with you when you're making decisions that I've learned now to be like, hey, yeah, sure, I'll do this comic for you or I'll do this presentation for you or whatever. But it's going to take me till this time mm-hmm. to get it done. It's not going to happen overnight. And, and, you know, being firm in my decision and being firm and being my own champion and, and negotiating um, either illustrations or graphic design work and, and knowing how to negotiate it where I know I'm not going to lose the deal. They're going to be like, oh, okay, sure. And I'm able to keep the work and, and do it reasonably and not burn myself out. Yeah, and isn't that the fascinating thing that, like, at least in my experience, it sounds like probably in all of ours is that the longer you do this, the more I, I and I try I actually I, so I teach and I try to tell my students this that like it's okay to set your guidelines like obviously you don't want to be too demanding but you're allowed to set your guidelines in that at least with time now you you start realizing like oh people like a client like they're cool with that like they don't give a shit I mean yeah. if you're like you want it in a week I'll give it to you in five that's a little different but like relatively speaking like you start realizing that Clients can be evil in a lot of ways, but not necessarily all the way. <laughs> not and, always. And it benefits mm-hmm. everybody in the industry, too. You know, it's like the more gatekeepers who are out there feeling like the artists retain some power and some say, you know, yeah. the better. Yeah. Just kind of going back one, I, I know we kind of said we're going to wrap this up. I, what, kind of the, the, the juggling, the juggling of, you know, just saying like multiple jobs, whether it's a day job or just like feeling like, you know, you're doing your comics, but then you're packet, like you sell stuff at Etsy. So you're packaging. Uh, did you feel like you had to kind of learn those habits or was that part of your personality that handle multiple things at a time because you manage that well, but, um, it definitely took time. I think one thing is, is, uh, and I know I'm just before, I am a Virgo, and I'm a Virgo right. in every way possible. That I like to create the illusion that I have it all together <laughs> when, like, behind the scenes. It's a total disaster. And, I mean, like, I, I think for the one thing that fall that falls off the hardest is probably me selling stuff. And I, and I put that on my website. I was like, hey, uh, it's going to take a minute for you to get this. So unless you, like, got to have this for like a present and like it's your friend's birthday tomorrow, send me an email and let me know because I'm only going to ship this out like on Saturday. And I was like, I don't care if you bought it Saturday at noon, you're not going to get shipped out until that following Saturday. And so like things like that, um, I've tried to again, like set up guidelines and protect myself because 
um, I definitely like to take on too much and and then fall apart. And this one thing that um, both my mother and my partner will agree upon, which is um, I live my life like a buffet and I just keep putting things on my plate because I really want it and it looks good. And then I'll sit down and be like, I don't want any of this. And so and then it's just like, why did you put so much on your plate? And I'm like, I don't know. And so... I definitely like to take on a lot and then and then drop all my balls at the same time. But again, as I've gotten older, I've gotten better at it. Yeah. And especially if anybody's like listening right now and they have to take a nine to five, I will admit I for a while, especially coming out of art school, I saw like taking a nine to five as like taking a hit. I'm like, oh, you're a failure because you can't do your art full time. You have to take it. You have to take a job. And I was just, and you know, that used to kind of, that little inner voice used to beat me up constantly and make me feel so bad that I had to take this job. But now I realize, like, wait a minute. No, you're a responsible person for taking out a job, getting yourself some health insurance because it's scary out there. And, you know, being able to take care of yourself as a responsible person who no longer has a parental figure to take care of you. Um, and I know some of us don't never had that parental figure, but whatever it may be, like to go get a job to pay your bills on time and get your credit score up and pay off your credit cards <laughs> and student loans and be able to get your teeth fixed. Like that's amazing. And you're an amazing person for doing that and never let anybody make you feel ashamed of that. Yeah. Um, because you have to do your art at night. A lot of us have to do our art at night. Even, even some of the top, 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 most known comic book artists who have, films out of their work are you know are professors they still got a job yeah so like don't don't let that get into your head and just again it's it's a learning curve you're gonna make a lot of mistakes you're gonna drop the ball a lot you're gonna think that you have it all figured out and then it's all gonna come slap in your face you're gonna have some money saved up and then the bathroom's gonna explode like it's just it's life and you're gonna constantly have these moments of where you blew up it blew up in your face and you got to pick it up and you got to start over. But that's just, that's the journey of life. Yeah. Wow. Well, now there's an ending. Yeah. Sometimes, the, some, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the bathroom is just going to blow up. Thank you guys. Oh, and there's one quick thing that I wanted to add, um, which is one thing that I've learned recently and to have a really great support system. You can't, you can't, you know, replace that. And especially a support system who of like-minded individuals. So a lot of my friends are artists who have a nine-to-five, who do their work on their side and all this type of great stuff. It feels good to have people who know, like, oh, okay, you guys, you share my struggles. You share my demons. And we can all go have a beer and complain about this later. Absolutely. Totally. So I just really, really appreciate you being willing to contribute to what you know, we're trying to do in terms of changing the, as best we can, doing whatever to change the landscape of what illustration is perceived as, who's, who works in the industry, and how the challenges of, and the, of the like, reality of it, I guess. So, th right. so really, it's just a big long way of saying thank you. <laughs> thank you. And for, for your time, especially. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk soon, I guess. Yeah. Jess has anything to add? Good. This is great. Thank you so much. Hey. All right. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of your night. Yeah. Have you too. All right. Cool. See ya.